This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, so Pose, man, uh, Thanksgiving is tomorrow. Any traditions, rituals you got? You know, some people play turkey bowl. Some people play hoops. Like, any, uh, any traditions you got with the fam or anything like that? Nah, man, no traditions like that. But, you know, I think I, I plan on eating good and everything. Trying to, you know what I'm saying? Trying to get some of these chitlins going on downstairs, <laughs> you know? Everybody ain't a big fan, but, hey, I need my chitlins on Thanksgiving, so. Now you need some of that old pork, man. I used to eat chitlins with that old Rick. <laughs> I used to eat it with that red hot hot sauce. Man, I used to kill it. <laughs> shit was so good. They don't know nothing about that, man. They don't know about Everybody talk about ugh because it smells so bad. They smell so bad. But listen, you get past the smell, shit, <laughs> hey, it's a nice meal right there for man, real. Man, what you real. said? I ain't ate chillers. Youngster. <laughs> High school, probably. <laughs> Now, I'm a, I'm a turkey and dressing fan myself, so I just wanted to see what, what was going on, Pose, uh, with it. Before we get on with the show, I uh, do want to let everyone know you can listen at basketballnews.com podcast network. You can listen and subscribe, as well as listen to other podcasts as well on the network. Uh, as you heard in the background, we also are joined by special guests this afternoon. We have Zebo, Zach Randolph. Zach, how's everything going? Everything going good. How y'all fellas doing? We good. We good, good. man. Appreciate you taking the time out your busy schedule, sure. you know what I'm saying, especially right before the holiday, uh, taking the time out to, to join the Pose cast, you know what I'm saying? Sure. So I appreciate you. Much love always, you know what oh, I'm saying? Man. Come on, man. Decades, man. Nothing but love. <laughs> sure. I appreciate it. So I'm going to ask you right off the rip, where did your love of the game start? How did that come about? And You know, I'm from Indiana, you know what I mean? I'm from Marion, Indiana, a little small town in Indiana, man. You know, Indiana, that's the hotbed of basketball. You know what I mean? Like, you know, we used to play on, cut the, you know, the, the, the crate out and hanging up on in the alley on a pole, right, you know, right. the socks. And, you know, we just love basketball that much. We just playing in the alleys and, you know, we could play wherever, you know, we had a chance. So I just grew up playing, man. And, and you know, um, just fell in love with the game as a youngster, man. And, you know, still in love with the game, you know, to this day, until the day I died, man. Yeah, so it was all it was all basketball. I wasn't no football, baseball, or nothing. Because sometimes, man, you know, I got a there. story, man. I tried to play football my, my <laughs> freshman year. My the coach, um, coach surface, and you know, I'm it's about six, seven. I'm long. You know, I'm probably a freshman, sophomore. And, you know, I just got my my friends out there playing. So I'm going to go and try to play. I'm the tallest one out there. Number legs. The coach has set it up for like the biggest player on the team. To, Catch me off the end, man, and hit me so hard, man. I ain't sure up the next day, bro. I was mad as hell. 
I really wanted to say something to the coach, but I was like, man, when you say nothing like, man, you try to get me hurt. Like, you try to hurt me. He hit me so hard and put me up in the air. Like, man, I'm seeing stars, bro. <laughs> hey, that, hey, that changed a lot of people's attitude, man. Hey, and that's why they stop playing football. They get that first hit. They, hey, that contact is it, a little bit different. And just think that's Dang. nonstop contact. You think about it. So, <laughs> so that man, one deal. Did you play? You played post? Yeah, I played. Yeah, I played too. I was able to weather the storm a little bit. So I couldn't. I couldn't weather the storm, bro. Ain't gonna bullshit Man, so you know, you said it. You, you're from Marion, Indiana. You know, what I'm saying when you think about you know Indiana, you think about who's your type basketball. Is it really like that, or just give us the ins and outs of of just that whole you know prestigious like the huge who's your basketball it's, it's really like that man it's really like the hot band of basketball you know i talk a lot of shit in the locker rooms to the guys from california and from you know ohio and you know i'm talking shit like hey man indiana guys we you know we the hot band we breeding them boys up out of indiana man you better look man we coming but nah right uh jokes aside but you know true statement but nah we just hooping man and like you said everybody play ball and like you said we big on fundamentals you know when i was coming up my I, I can remember my coaches Teach put me in a post and showing me hook shots. You know, the game is different now, but, you know, back then, you know, we was real big on fundamentals. And, you know, growing up, I was like in Indiana with all the basketball that I was receiving and playing and working out and the coaching I was receiving. So, yeah. No, Zimo, you were unstoppable on the block. Who was the first person to talk, uh, teach you post moves and different counters and whatnot? Because it's, it seemed like either block, you were able to do what you needed to do and get off on whoever you need to get off on. Who was the person that taught you the, you know, the technique and the skill set down low? Man, it was my high school coach, Coach Brad McPherson. He used to play. Herb, Coach, that's Brad's son, Coach Herb McPherson, and uh, Coach Mo Smelly, you know, my old coaches. We worked on it a lot. He, he played, he was about six, 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 seven. He used to put me in the block, show me hooks. He taught me my drop step. You know, he taught me the, the hook and all that when I was in high school. So my high school coach, Coach McPherson. Where did the jumper come from? Because you can also go from like from the block to like 18, 19 feet out and splash on folks. Where did that come from? Man, it's just that touch, man. You know, that's that left handed, man. We, you left handed, you got this special touch. <laughs> Nah, just I, hey, listen. I agree with that. <laughs> hey, it seems like lefties always got that touch for real, for real. You know, we got that touch. Nah, just man, I put you know, just putting in putting in time, man. You know, I love the game, and I put my time in and worked hard, and you know, just I always added confidence and believing in myself. So, who was your uh, your influences coming out? You know, as a kid, you know, you look up whether it's guys just in the NBA, it might be local guys. You know what I'm saying? So. Who was your influence in the game where you're just like, you know what? You know, I'm going to take it like it to it. I'm going to take it like it to their game as well and sort of, you know, emulate some of the things that they're doing. I'd probably say, like, you know, I'm from, you know, I'm a Hoosier. So, like, watching Rick Smith, you know, the Duncan Dutchman. Like, I, I grew up mm. in there watching them, Reggie, and, you know, I mean, Carl Malone. Like, like I used to, you know, and the coaches tell me, you know, watch their game. You know, like, you know, even C-Web, like, you know, like guys like that. So like kind of like watching the big guys in the air, like especially like when I was coming to like Carl Malone and Rick Smith and how they did navigate in the post. So, you know, I grew up, you know, want to be like that. I try to model my game after like a Carl Malone type. So you had a pretty, a pretty nice high school career, you know, coming out as a senior. How did you end up at Michigan State? What were your other options? <laughs> 
How did that fall in your lap? Man, I, Michigan State. Shout out to Michigan State, man. All the Spartans out there. Coach Izzo. Um, I just, man, they was on me, man. And, you know, I, I felt like who who was recruiting me the most, you know, a lot of teams were recruiting me. You know, I was going I was gonna go to Miami down there with Coach uh, Hamilton. He was down there coaching in Miami then. And uh, I was close to going to Miami. But, uh, you know, something about Michigan State, they just like they wanted me. And it was every game, every time I turn around in gym, you know, with someone at the gym, either, you know, assistant coach, coach is, they always was there. And I felt like, you know, they had my best interest. And um, that's why I did that. I went to Michigan State and I'm happy with the outcome. Yeah. So you brought up Coach Izzo. What what about Coach Izzo? I mean, you think about him coaching and the teams that he put together, they're always tough, physical, and they just play hard. What was that? What what is it about Tom Izzo that you know said that you fell in love and why players fall in love and to go to the state? And you know, coach back then, you know, coach was softened up a little bit. But back then, <laughs> see when I was playing, he was, you know what I mean? Nah, but he tough as nails, but you know, just his commitment and just, you know, teaching you how to be a man and, you know, showing you, you know, you know, learn. I learned so much, even though I was at Michigan State that year, but learned so much going to the Final Four and learning from coach and, you know, the sisters and just, I mean, the, the great program that it was. And, you know, um, he's just a great mentor and a great leader, man. And he got the best for you. It ain't just about basketball with, with the Michigan State or with Coach Izzo and the coaching staff, his, his family, you know. His family, yeah. You don't get that nowadays. You don't get that with a lot of schools where now, you know, it's, it's strictly, you know what I'm saying, basketball, um, and they treat it like a business. But that's good that you say that, you know, about, you know, Michigan State and Coach Izzo, where it's more a family, you know, opportunity. You know, they care about you on and off the off the floor. So that's big. So you kids, if y'all out there listening, you know, that's that's important. You know what I'm saying? Instead, y'all playing the, the basketball and everything, but the bigger picture of, you know, like you said, you know, teach you how to be a young man, and it's more to life than just basketball. And so that, that's that's a good shout out to Michigan State and Coach Izzo. At oh. what point did you say, you know, was it a dream of playing in the NBA or when you got to state, it was more like, you know what, I might have a chance to play at the next level because you went there one and done. So you you, you had to feel some type of way. Well, you, you know, honestly, uh, Pose, I was going to come out of high school, man. I was sitting in the hood. And I had the Poston twins. You remember, you remember the Poston you know, the Poston twins. They used to agency. I had just got the MVP of the McDonald's All-American game. And I was this close. They had the letter on the table. Just I was gonna mm. go straight to the league. They had the letter of intent right there to skip over college. And my mom I asked my mom, she said, I said, Mom, what you want? My mom, rest in peace. You know what I mean? I lost my mom a couple years ago. So my mom looked at me. I said, Mom, what you want me to do? Mom said, uh, I want you to go to Michigan State. At least you just go for a year. I was like, man, I ain't going. So I went to stay for the year. So it kind of was already, you know, I already kind of knew what I wanted to do. Mm. That's what's up, man. Listen to your mouth. That's what's up. Yeah, Sorry to hear that. told me to go to State, man. I, I told the Post and Twins, I said, I ain't going, man. I'm going to go to school. Straight like that. They respected it, man. Went to State, right. man. It was, it was the best move, though, you know. You know, it's all guys playing. I think that was the best move I did. Now, going from Michigan State, you get drafted 19th to the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, what was the culture shock going from the Midwest to the Pacific Northwest? Now, you got to understand, I ain't never been off Booth Streets. I, that's our other <laughs> in my small town. So, man, I ain't, I'm like, what? Oregon. Whoa, man, it was far out. I was homesick, man. I, 
think I asked Coach Steve Kerr. We was on the plane, you know. You know, I rookie. I'm not knowing. I asked Coach. I asked Steve. I said, uh, "We get a break." I think I hit the wall, JP. I was like, "We get a break. <laughs> we go home." <laughs> Steve said, "Man, can't go home. It's like, can't go home. It's like that." <laughs> That was so funny, though. I, you know, I just, you know, just being, you know, at 18, being in the league and coming in at young and, you know, just growing into a man. And, you know, I mean, it was coming in with Portland, man, with Rasheed and and Bonzi and Dale and Damon. Like, you know, I still got a real relationship with them guys, good friends, me and Damon, real close, Bonzi, she. So it's like, man, it was great, man. How are those practices? Because you mentioned Sheed, Dale Davis, Sean Kemp. Those are premier power forwards, especially on the defensive side. Like, all those guys can defend, lock up, be physical. How are those practices, especially coming in as a rookie? I'm talking shit every day. They about to <laughs> fight, mad at each other, they cussing each other out. You know, back then it was, uh, I, you know, like, you know, the league has changed. You know, now, back then it was older guys, you know what I mean? So, man, it was, whew. And I was a rookie, so I'm 18. I'm just sitting back like, man, they going at it. Yeah. You know, so our, it, it, our, pra- our practices was like games. Every practice was like a game. You know what I mean? We had a squad, you know, Derek Anderson, Bonzi, She, Damon, Sabonis, you know, going at it. So, it, so you talk about the practices and those players right there. So do you remember, like, one practice where you like, yo, I'm going to be in this league for a minute. like. You probably bust somebody's ass in summer. You felt good. And he was like, you know what? Like, yeah, I belong here. I can do this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, when, I, I, when I caught the tip dunk on Sean Kemp, I caught a <laughs> tip dunk in practice. And I hung on the rim. And I was talking shit. Sean, like, you better shut up. He got mad. I'm like, yeah. I was talking shit. I had dunked on Sean. I had caught the tip, tip dunk. I said, oh, yeah. I said, I'm good. I said, I'm good. I'm catching d- tip dunks on the, on, on the rain, man. I was on. Hey, Kemp has got mad at me, man. I, got, I was talking shit. I was like, let me set up, man. You know, Kemp is OG Indiana, so, you know, mm-hmm. that's my big brother, so ain't number love. But, uh, yeah, I caught the tip dunk on his ass, though. And never looked back, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Out of, out of all your stops, you know what I'm saying, throughout the league or whatever, you know what I'm saying, I, I really just – just knowing you and your when you got to Memphis, that whole like I, I played in Memphis too. Like I love Memphis, the city, and just it's 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 really about that grit and that grind, you know what I'm saying? And from the fans to take a liking to you to just your game, what you put out there, like it's number love. How how was that team? What made that team special, first of all? You know what I'm saying? You was coached by Lionel Hollins when he got there at the time. So I and I played, he was an assistant with Hubie. You know, L train, we call him, you know what I'm saying? So I know the toughness yeah. as a player, how he was, and he put that on that team. Tell us a little bit about that. Man, that was just, man, it was, it, like you said, everything just fitted like a puzzle. And we grew together. We had, like you said, Coach Hollins, and he was strict. You know, he, you know, he wanted what he wanted, and he was precise about what he wanted. And he didn't sugarcoat it. So that was good because we already was a, we, we was men, and we could, you know, we was real with each other. So we, and we had respect and love for each other. So I think, with that saying, man, it worked it with Mike Conley, you know, he was a general and, you know, Mark, you know, him and T.A. on defensive end and, you know, I'm, you know, doing whatever they want me to do. So, man, it worked out and we believed in each other. You know, once we got to believe in each other and we couldn't, you know, we, we, we used coming to the grindhouse, you had to get your, get your rest, you know, 
you know, how some come guys come in, they might want to go to the strip club or go hang out before the game. And when you bring your ass to Memphis, you got to get you some rest because they know it's going to be a fight the next day. You know what I mean? So, you know what I mean? So it's going to be a battle. And um, man, we was ready. And like I said, man, that was the, 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 the moment of my career, the best time of my career in, in my 17, 18 years in the league. That was the my time in Memphis was the most memorable time for me going to the playoffs. And, you know, just everything with the community, you know, just embracing me and, you know, just, man, it would just feel like a puzzle, man. Yeah, I mean, like you said, that community is it, different, man. Like, you, you got to actually live there, be there, and play there just to understand, like, just the love that you get from the, from the people there. You know what I'm saying? I ain't, ain't going to even say, like, the fans. It's, it's just the people. And just, just hard working, stick together. They grind it out. And, you know, so like I said, for myself, and I can tell from you, like, you just felt at home. You know what I'm saying? That, like, if you bought that, like, you just you just fit right in. So it, it's nothing. You know what I'm saying? But, but love from them. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Man. So that's what's up. I know you spent some time, like you said, in the city, so you already know, like what you said, just the, the feeling. If if you ain't, it's hard to explain, you know what I mean? Like, you know, because you felt it and you're a real guy, so they showed you real love. And you like, you know what I mean? Everywhere you go, JP, they give you free meals, just, you know, to roll the red carpet out for you, which how it's supposed to be, but you you know what I mean? Just, it's just love, make you feel love in that city. If you're a free agent, you, you, you know, it's a small city, but if you came to Memphis, every player that you talk to in Memphis, that play for the Grizzlies, they're going to probably say the same thing. Yep, yep. Now, you went from one small market to another uh, with Portland and Memphis as, like, obviously the first stop and one of the last stops, and you had two totally different experiences. In Memphis, it was loving, the community supported you. In Portland, it was the exact opposite. They labeled you and some other guys as the jailblazers. How did you feel about that at the time? Because, you know, outside looking in, it seems very disrespectful, but how did, you know, as they named and labeled you guys, how did y'all feel about that? Man, we didn't like that at all. You know, we didn't like that at all. We we kind of, and then you know, like you know, Northwest is not a lot of you know, not a lot of blacks in that area. So we felt like you know, they kind of was kind of labeling us because it was all brothers on the team. So you know, um, but you know, it's the it's the thing. Like you know, it was it, it was really you know, just a, I think some marijuana cases or you know, some guys were smoking or something like that. But if you know, hey, you got labeled off of that. So, I mean, you know, everybody smoke a little marijuana nowadays. And, you know, um, but back then, that's just all it was. And they live with these jails, but, you know, I still got a lot of fans in Portland. I got business in Portland. I, I got property in Portland. So, you know, I love Portland. And, um, you know, I mean, I had a great time when I was uh, playing for the Trailblazers. Do you think they was picking on like you guys? Cause they was spit uh they would like pick a certain thing. Like for instance, for you, they picked out the MTV Cribs episode, made like a whole article, made it a thing. Do you think the media out there like try to pick on you in that situation? Oh, most definitely. I'm, I mean, most definitely because we're we're the only thing in the city. The Trailblazers was it's the only thing in Portland. I mean, now you got the soccer team and you got different things now, but you know, forever it was the only thing. So, you know, we was the only things to talk about. You know what I mean? So any article, you know, to them was a good article. And a lot of stuff they did, you know, look for or pick out little shit here or there. So, you know, they did. And I think, you know, now it's probably a lot better now than it was. Definitely. And now going to Memphis, um, I mean, you're the, you're the man of Memphis. How, how did that start? Because it's very difficult for somebody to come into a city and be endeared like that off rip, it seems. How did that come about? Was there like a particular situation where there was a game or community event, or is it just something that happened naturally? It's, it's, like I said, it's naturally. Like um, Poles are saying, 
you know, when, she, when you're a real person and, and, and you treat everybody with respect, I, I'm gonna treat the richest person like I treat the poorest person with respect because that's how I was raised and, and brought up. So I treat everybody the same how I want to be treated. So and people see that, you know, and I, I don't, I'm not no arrogant or hold my head up high or look down on you type of person. So, you know, people respond to that. You know, I was in a community, I'm involved in the community. You know, I, I gave back, I gave my time back and, you know, the Grizzlies and we did stuff in the community and people seen that and people felt the realness. Now, where did the $20,000 uh, every holiday season for the power bill come from? Because I've never heard of anyone donating for yeah. utilities, people who are having problems paying their bills. That's an amazing thing, by the way. Where did that come from? Man, it just come up something we decided to do. Something I decided to do when something came up in Memphis. I think what we going on. I think yesterday I, I did my turkey giveaway in Memphis, and that was my 10th year. So we've been doing it for a long time. It's just something I like to do, you know, at my heart. I feel like if that's how I get my blessings when I give blessings and help people in need. So, or even just give my time. And uh, that's something I'm real big on and hold my head up high on doing it. I don't do it for no media attention or nothing like that. I do it out of, out of love. And, you know, I really help people because I come from that situation. I come from a single parent, no father mother on welfare. So I know what it go like to have a struggle and, um, you know, I can relate. That's what's up, man. Keep doing your thing, man. That's big. That spe speaks volumes, man. All the other noise they was talking, trying to, you know what I'm saying? Put dirt on your name, man. What is just stand tall and man, and show your growth, man. That's, that's important. And a lot of people need to know that and recognize it. Like you said, at the end of the day, re real being real, you know what I'm saying? You look real familiar, you know what I'm saying? So that's what's up. Keep doing that thing. Who was your who was your toughest matchup during your time? Who was your toughest matchup? I don't lie, man. When I when I first came to the league, man, I, I really, you know, I'm 18, so you know, I was a grown man. You know, I'm playing against grown men. Like, man, I play against TJ Brown Poles, J Mo, PJ <laughs> Brown, man. I'll tell this story. PJ Brown was he that's the first real man I couldn't. <laughs> man, I try to, I, I'm thinking, oh, man, PJ switched to me. <laughs> hey, I, man, I went in the weight room. I said, damn, I had told the coach, I said, man, I can't even move PJ Brown. I'm 18. I think I'm just getting the game. Or coach right. Cheeks put me in the game. And, man, I said, man. But PJ Brown, he, he don't even know how much he motivated me, man. So I always tell that. I, say, I always say PJ Brown, man. I could not catch the ball. I couldn't move. <laughs> Man, I said, man, he's so strong, man. I said, it's a grown man's strength. Yeah, man. But like, you know, then, you know, KG, of course, and, you know, you know, he Hall of Famer. He was so long and active. And, you know, uh, I had a lot of great battles, man. Duncan and, you know, a lot of them guys, man, you know, um, I battle with. But, man, you know, every night I'm a, I'm going out there thinking I'm going to win the battle from the start. So that's how I went into battle. That's how I prepared myself. You know what I mean? Like, I'm we going to win. And, you know, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to dominate the game. You a walking double-double, dude. Now, when you look at the game, you look at, like, getting buckets or whatever and how people get buckets. Now, you know, you my man, right? You ain't playing above the rim. Right. <laughs> you doing all this below the rim. You know what I'm saying? So, like, how was that mindset seeing how, you know, you playing against guys that's playing above the rim and, you know, you still getting buckets and you hold your own and, like I said, a walking double-double and you're doing it pretty much below the rim. I don't know. You, you might have had probably 
five dunks in your career or something like that. But you put the you ball know, in I used the to, hole. We used to have bets. Me, we, me and Rudy, me and Rudy, I, Mike Cullen, we used to bet how many dunks I'm going to have for the season. I used to bet all the guys. I'm going to have 10 dunks, man. I said, I'm going to get 20 dunks. Man, bet 5,000, I'm going to get 20 dunks. Nah, but, uh, man, just, you know, I just played the game off, you know, off, like you said, skill, man. I always just looked at it like skill and, you know, um, using your body positioning and just having a good knack for the ball and having a good instinct. And like you said, learning how to, you know, finish, having that touch and, you know, score over tall defenders. Because if you look at all the – I used to get guarded by the centers because the power fours, they'd be – I put them in the paint. So they try to put somebody usually like seven foot long on me to, you know, not from catching the ball. So I play against a lot of footers. So just facing them up, like you said, loosening them up and, you know, having that first step and getting to the rim, using your body and, you know, so the game is, I think the game is 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 a lot of art and, and a lot of skills, man. It ain't all about how fast you can run and how high you can jump. You know, to me, I mean, it's a part of the game, but you can't just put your, and that's why I tell my kids, you can't, you know, work on your, your right, your left hand, your dribbling, you know, like you said, your shooting and, you know, your skill set. And it, it's crazy. Like I said, I mean, like we joke, you know, playing below the rim, but you had a, a quick second jump. Yeah, and that's crazy. Like most, you, you only think guys that jump above the rim, play above the rim, they have a, a time and boom, boom. But you had a quick second jump too. Like that was just a, a, another gift in itself. Where, like you said, like you miss, you right back at it. Boom. Hey, patting your stats, rebounded, boom, landed up. Like you said, coming from like having a good neck for it. Like you said, using you know using my butt and you know my wide ass to move them out the way and shoulder bump and you know what I mean and. Like I said, get the offensive rebound and you know and, and things like that. I um, you know, I try to try to pride myself by my game and work for because, like I said, I wasn't the highest jumper or I ain't seven feet. You know what I mean? Right. So listen, you always been a bully, man. You always been Zebo. <laughs> I'm, I'm just asking. I'm just asking. <laughs> <laughs> I got, they, gave me that, they gave me that name in the hood, man, when Friday came out. You know, I had the bite, man. I was in like eighth, seventh grade. The homie called me, man, we're going to call you Zebo. I had the Debo bite. The John ride in middle school. And it, to the, you know, I'm riding to school. I'm riding the bike to school. The homeboy called me Debo, uh, Zebo. So that's how I went, man. Man, hey, it's crazy. One of, one of the realest quotes that I heard, you know what I'm saying, coming from you. And my hood bullies get bullied. <laughs> <laughs> how, how did that happen? What was going on in that game that you had to say that? That's all I was. Man, you know, I just I just talked to little bro the other day. I just talked to Cuz. You know, he he down here in Houston. I just talked to him the other day. But uh, man, you know, you know, you know, you know, Boogie, he a big old beast, man. So I just tell him leave my player alone. You know, he picking on one of the players. So man, quit being a big old bully, man. That's my man, though. <laughs> but bullies do get bullied. Bullies get bullied for sure. You know what I mean? Sure. <laughs> That's what's up. Definitely. Now, uh, while in Memphis, you guys had a nice rivalry with the Clippers. Um, two really good playoff series. Um, you know, they won in seven the first one. You guys won in six in the, the next one. What was that playoff situation looking like? Because from the outside looking in, it looked very competitive. Y'all didn't like each other. Uh, you know, it was it was fun to watch, but uh, how was that whole situation like? And we used to battle, man. We knew it was a battle. You know, we knew coming in, playing the Clippers, every game was going to be about Blake. You know, he's super strong, athletic, CP. Then you got Matty out there. He, you know, running the floor. He on the defensive end. And 
So it's a tough team, man. We have uh, it was fun, and we knew we had to come to battle, and you know it was sweet when you when we beat them. It was sweet, you know what I mean, and um, you know vice versa. Probably probably felt felt the same way. So man, like you said, just a bunch of battles, and you know ain't no friends on the court. You know, I, only my friends on the court is my teammates. So that's how I approached the game, and um, you know we was going, you know we was going to scratch, you know, and keep scratching and scratching. So and and doing whatever we had to do and grit and grind. During one of the games, do you remember actually choking Blake Griffin out? Like, do you remember? <laughs> did, did it, like, register or was it usually in the moment? Being it the was just the moment. The bully. You know, Blake is so strong. You know, he going to clip you and try to do all the little dirty shit for the refs going to see. So he had to be locked. So I, I thought he going to break my arm. So what I did, I just put my weight on him. I just fell on him So because he had my arm locked. And when I fell on him, it just looked like that and then – Shit, I don't know, man. My left hand got by a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> nah, Blake, that's my man, though. You know, we had a lot of battles. And, uh, you know, I mean, that was one of the fun times, you know, in my career. You know what I mean? Like you said, don't battles with the Clippers. Now, obviously, you played a power forward position. Uh, during your era, there's a lot more physical power forwards than there are today. Was there any, like, fake tough guys or guys that tried too hard to be fake or to be tough? Oh, man, it's always going to be a lot of tough, fake guys. It's always going to be that. You know what I mean? You got to watch out for the guys that's quiet and nice and, you know, them the guys you need to look out for, you know what I mean? But, uh, you know, that's just how the league was, man. You know, I get a kick out of it. I'll be laughing, you know what I mean, with guys be about to fight or, you know, they want somebody to get in and break them up. They know somebody's going to break them up. Oh, come on. Right. You know, somebody's going to yeah, break hey. them up. Quit playing. <laughs> yeah, because back in the day, like you said, you came in, it, it, it was grown men. Them grown men, they, they was fighting. They put them joints up, you know what I'm saying? They yeah, put them up. Back, nah, yeah. back then, it wasn't no talk. Wasn't nah, no- <laughs> wasn't, we, you know, we was playing pose. You already know, it wasn't none of that. So you wasn't getting too much of guys, because like you said, we grown. They ain't going to play with each other like that. So it wasn't none of that back then. You, them guys was fighting. <laughs> they throwing blows. Charles Posley, Mace, <laughs> all of them, you know what Big I'm saying? Big old thing like, throwing blows. Right. Yeah. We ain't talking, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Oak from the crib, too. He yeah, from Cleveland, yeah. you know what Oak, it is. Oak, shout out to Oak, man, OG. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, man, so. now, now, is there any names of these uh, fake tough guys or anything like that? <laughs> nah, I don't know, man. You know I'm a good guy, man. You know, I, I, I come to bring the peace, man. You know what I mean? So if you're a tough guy, I tell him don't be tough. You know what I mean? For real. Right. Man, I'm a nice guy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Did anyone ever try you? Man, you honestly, man, not too, 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 too much. Not too mean. So I had a time where I got into it. Um, the guy in Phoenix, I think uh, I might have smacked him or something. They suspended me. And uh, Lewis Armstrong. And the only reason why I did that because he ran up on me. You know what I mean? I had just lost my father. So I have, you know what I mean? A lot. But besides that, and that's funny because I seen him in New York a couple years ago. We laughed about that, man. You know, I apologize to him. And, man, we laughed about that. You know what I mean? But, you know. In this league, you know, not all the guys really good guys, you know what I mean? And that's how it always been from my experience, being in the league and being around, being around the league. All these guys that came in, really good guys, man. And um, I think that's how it's going to continue to be. So you yeah. had, I know earlier you spoke of, uh, you know, said coming into the league and, uh, you know, Rasheed and stuff like that. I know y'all have a good relationship. Is he one of the guys that took you under his wing to, yeah. to show you, you know what I'm saying, sort of the ins and outs of the game as well? Yeah, man, that's correct. I just talked to Sheed yesterday. You know what I mean? He got a, um, you know, he doing good, man. And, and, and you know, 
I learned so much from him. You know, like I said, he took me under his wing and not only him, all the guys, they, I was like, they little brother, you know what I mean? And, you know what I'm saying? So they, they, they showed me so much love and I learned so much from talking from Arvita Sabonis to Scotty Pippen, like, you know, mm-hmm. to, to all the older guys, even Steve, you know, we had got a good relationship. So, you know what I mean? They knew I was a good guy. I wanted to learn and, you know, I'm soaking up everything, soaking up the game, uh, just anything I could soak up. So, and they, and they and they respected that man. They all really took me under their wing and showed me love, man. Towards the you know the tail end of your career, or whatever you know, the game just changed. Period. You know, now it's more you know threes than anything instead of the mid range game. What players out there do you like uh, to watch play? And when you look out, you say, man, you know what? Even the guys that still had a mid range game, you like, okay, they ain't lost the art of just scoring the basketball in the mid range. Man, Jimmy Butler. I like Jimmy, he a beast. He ain't, he, ain't, he ain't going for nothing. So I definitely like him. You know, I, like I said, you know, the league, like I said, now with all these young guys, man, it's, it's exciting to watch. Even from Zion to, to Jod to Jaren, you know, to all the young guys and uh, young trees out there just signed with the Lakers. Just, you know, the game's exciting. You know, you still got run, you know, still doing his thing, the, the king out there and um, AD. So I think with the direction of the league going in with the young players, like you said, the hybrid players, they're not, like you said, we coming in, uh, you going straight to the post on, you know, don't shoot right. over in a 15 footer, you know, you know, back then they ain't telling you, you gotta get your ass in the paint, but now it's, ain't nobody in the paint. You know what I mean? Everybody's spread out. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's how much the game's changed, but, uh, man, it, the game's an exciting point right now where it's at. All right. So now, you know, outside of basketball now, you know what I'm saying? You have, you know, your beautiful family there. You got another little hooper in the family. How how is that yeah. going about it? And what teaching points are you are you giving giving your little mom? Man, she's been hooping, man. Shout out to Mac, man, to all the kids, all my kids, man. Um, but no, nah, she's been working, man. I'm proud of her, man. She 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 works hard and she wants it, man. She loves the game, and that's that's all you can ask for. You know what I mean? She she like that. Let's go. You know what I mean? I ain't working out and she got a workout set up and you know her training so i'm proud of her not only that man she's a good kid and you know she gets straight a's and uh she's great in the classroom and respectful and uh that's all you can ask for man who gonna win that one-on-one matchup she thinks she can be i let her win one time man i was tired i had this guy done working out i let her win but i ain't never win too many games she gonna be bullying you out there hey she's trying to now She's trying to now. It, it's crazy because I've I seen the little clips on the on the gram and everything too. I'm like, yo, like if that's not there, <laughs> I, I know who she belonged to, but I, it's like crazy. I, I see that right off the rip. Like, man, but man, keep it up. Keep up, keep yeah. working with it. Cause she hey, she's yeah. doing her thing for sure. Appreciate that, man. Now, what advice would older Zebo give younger Zebo? That's a good question. Uh Man, just just take your time. You know, take your time. You know, let it come to you. Um, of course, you know, as when you get older, you look back. You could have did you know things different. So, you know, just. But overall, man, honestly, I I, I wouldn't say too much because, like I said, I, I grew up on morals and codes, and I always treated people with respect. I ain't never try to snake nobody or I ain't no type of person to talk behind your back. 
So, you know, I was raised by a good mother and my mother, she was my father. So, you know, I mean, I always, you know, I mean, just, you know, always, you know, I need a shirt off my back. So just being raised that right way, I, I wouldn't have did it. Not too, not too many different things, honestly, J-Mo. Now, if a player would come to you and say, hey, I need work on my post game, just a random player that you don't have a relationship with or anything like that, um, how would that call, how would that communication go? Because a lot of ex-players, some guys like, nah, I don't want to deal with it. And some guys like, I want to give them the whole world. How would oh, you go man, about I'm gonna that? Whole, I'm going to give them the whole world, man. I, I, I still got some plans on getting in the gym with some guys. You know, I, me and Boogie was talking about getting in the gym. So, I love the game. And, man, like I said, I'm not, I'm not a selfish person. I'm about growth and development. If anything I can do to help out a young brother or even a young sister or any advice and tell them mistakes I made coming up, getting into trouble here and there, and, you know, things, being around this or being around that, I tell them. And that's what I tell them, you know, keep your nose clean. You know, I still talk to a lot of young guys in the league, you know, a lot of my little brothers. So, you know, I tell them, you know, hey, keep your nose clean, you know, um, stay in the gym. You know, don't get in no trouble. You know, some of the, like you said, the things that I messed up when I was coming up in the league and different things I would have did different. Like I said, once, like I said, you know, a little trouble I got in here and there, you know, that shit hangs with you in the league. So, you know, you just got to keep your nose clean now and can't get no, um, no strikes. So here's the funniest part. You go from Portland to New York to L.A. and the two biggest cities, there was never any issue. Like we didn't hear nothing. Like, so how does that come about? Because like you mentioned, whatever happened in Portland happened, but you go to two, the two biggest cities in the, in the country and no issues. Man, because like the Oregon, the media, man, the media, you know, back then, you know, they was looking for anything, you know what I mean? And wasn't a lot going on. So they just could look for, you know, anything to write about. And like I said, it really wasn't nothing, man. You know, like you said, I went to them other cities and was fine. And, you know, I'm one of the best teammates ever. So. You know, I, I always, you know what I mean, got along with the organization, the teammates. So, you know what I mean? I just had, like you said, it was a stigma on me in Portland. <clears throat> so I'm not going to say life after basketball because you still involved with basketball. So I'm going to say life outside of basketball. Earlier you mentioned you had some things going on. You know what I'm saying? Which, what else you got going on that uh, I know you stay behind the scenes, but what else you yeah. got going on? Man, I got a lot going on, man. I've been, uh, I got an entertainment label. It's called Endless Entertainment. Um, you know, Moneybag, yo, we got Big 30, uh, uh, D Moolah. Um, I got a lot of acts. So I'm just trying to build the, the, the entertainment company up right now. And it's growing pretty well. And I'm in the real estate. So, man, I've just been busy posing uh, entrepreneurship and trying to, you know, build this portfolio, man. That's what's up. So how did that, you, are you is one guy, you said money bag, yo, how did that come about? You know what I'm saying? Like, how did you, did you already have a personal relationship with him yeah. or whatever? Or, you know, the city ain't that big. So, you know, money bag, man, he been hot and, you know, it was a perfect time. And, and when we hooked up, we started labeling, you know, he got his, he got his label, uh, bread gang. And, you know, we came together, man, and, and started endless, man. And it'd been a blessing, you know, money bag is one of the, the best, hottest rappers out there. And, um, you know, we're growing and um, we got young guys coming up. Uh, uh, Big 30, uh, Mud Brother Bo and, you know what I mean, YG and Moolah. And so we got a team and uh, we just working, man, trying to push this thing and uh, try to have this thing like The Rock, you know? Right. So you, you said like, so it's, it's sort of tough, you know what I'm saying, with athletes, you know, with the season and stuff like that. So when, at what point did you start 
thinking about, you know what I'm saying, after basketball, like I said, to start your record label, to get into your real estate and stuff like that. When did you start doing that? Was it, you know, did you always have that itch and you just start scratching it or was it just towards, towards the end where you was like, you know what, it's, it's that time? Yeah, it was towards that time. Like you said, that time and, um, you know, with the real estate, I've always been involved with that, I've always been intrigued to that property and, you know what I mean, and and just how that works. So i always been in real estate and um, just now that that label, this thinks like this fourth, fifth year label. So been good and, um, man, just been, you know what I mean, just been in a blessing. Like probably like towards the end of my career, you know, my lab, my thing was always, you know, save my money, you know, and once you get done, you know, you can do your investments and you can be an entrepreneur and venture off into, you know, business and um, other stuff. Man, I appreciate you taking the time, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, during the holiday, you know what I'm saying, to, to come on the podcast. But before I end, I always have a segment called Free Game. What free game would you give the people out here that's on listen? It don't have to be basketball related, but it could just be free game that you want to share, you know what I'm saying, to the people out here. And a free game, I, I say, you know, I always talk to my son and, you know, the people I love, the youngsters, you know, and I always tell them, you know, man, believe in yourself. You know, I, I come from nothing. I'm a prime example. You know what I mean? I didn't believe in yourself, sacrifice, put your time in. Don't look for nobody to do nothing for you. You got to do it for yourself first and you got to put your time in. You got to sacrifice. So sacrifice your time and give it the best shot you got and believe in yourself. You know what I mean? Because Ain't nobody going to believe until you believe in you. So you got to do it yourself and put your time in. You got to sacrifice. Man, there y'all have a free game from Zebo, Zach so, Randolph right here, man. My little homie, man. Much love. So, always much respect to you, man. Uh, life, I appreciate man. you. And I'm going to see you in these streets whatever. Uh, you know, up, you know I'm saying? definitely going to run into you for sure. <laughs> so. I appreciate your time, man. I'll right. holler in a sec. All right, all right J-Mo. Appreciate Thank it, brother. Yo, this is James Posey. Thanks for checking out Posecast, brought to you by BasketballNews.com. You can check out Posecast on all your listening platforms. Presenting sponsor of the Posecast is Greensupply.com. With everything going on in the world, it is more important than ever to stay safe. At Greensupply.com, you can purchase masks, hand sanitizer, and other important health and wellness products, all in stock with same-day shipping. Best of all, listeners can get 10% off their order when using the promo code POSEY at checkout. That's P-O-S-E-Y. For 10% off your order of KN95 or cloth mask, hand sanitizer, or other supplies like forehead thermometers and UV boxes, visit greensupply.com. That's greensupply.com today.